Back here on Fizz Radio, and now we are joined by a very special guest, a former Fizz member, a Syracuse alumni, and now a member of CBS 42 down in Alabama, Drew Carter. Uh, hey, Drew, how you doing, buddy? I'm great, fellas. How are y'all doing? I'm good. Yeah. Great. Yeah, we're uh, we're we are ready to rock and roll. We're breaking down the SU top 100 list. We've been releasing these articles on our website that you can go find orangefizz.net, and of course follow us on Twitter at orangefizz. Uh, but for this week, we released numbers 55 into 31. And Drew, let's kind of go through it. Let's talk about who you like on this list, who you don't like, what rankings you agree with, what you don't agree with. Um, I'll let you take the floor. And what's just your overall thoughts of thirty of fifty-five to thirty-one? All right. So before we really get cruising here, guys, can I not spoil the top thirty? No, you can. You can. We're gonna. This okay. is this is going out on Saturday, so don't you worry. Okay. All right. Outstanding. So I mean, we will stick within our fifty-five to thirty-one, but just in case we want to like have a heated debate later on in the show. But the first one I want to talk about is the first name on this list. And I really got to hand it to you guys. I think you did a pretty good job putting this together. And I appreciate you asking me to come on because it sort of forced me to polish up my Syracuse history. You know, 55 on this list is Bill Smith. Bill Smith falls into the category here of ordinary names, extraordinary games. I did a little <laughs> Bill Smith research, which I had never done before. Bill Smith aside from Dave Bing, was maybe the best Syracuse basketball player in the pre-Bayheim era. The guy was ridiculous. All you got to do is Google him. He had almost 50 points in one game against Lafayette. 47 is still a Syracuse record. Dude averaged 21 and 13 for his career. He was phenomenal. I think Bill Smith got job. And if he had a, if he had a fun name like Carmelo Anthony, maybe he'd be in the top 20. But <laughs> Bill Smith got the short end of the stick because his name is so boring. No offense, Bill Smith. But sticking with those ordinary names, extraordinary games, Joe Morris at number 35, I love this guy. And to be honest, he's another one I probably wouldn't have even known existed until they retired his jersey when I was at Syracuse, when I was a student. They retired number 47. I did some research. I'm like, wow, so the all-time leading rusher in Syracuse history is not Jim Brown. It's not Floyd Little. It's not Larry Sanka. It's Joe Morris. And for the record, it's by a mile. He's like 1,000 yards in front of the next guy. So. I'm really enjoying taking this deep dive on Syracuse history with some guys who, you know, casual fans might have never even heard of. So you have, and you have Bill Smith at 55. You like also Joe Morris at 35. Tell me what you don't like about this list. What are some of the names that you think are a little too high? Eric Dungy at 45. Does that irk you or is that a good ranking for him? No, Jerron, it does not irk me. <laughs> because Eric Dungy, and this has been well documented, you know, when you guys are doing these series, and I know Tyler came on, I know you had Matthew Gutierrez on, so I've got a tough act to follow right here. <laughs> but we were all in the same grade, and so for us, there is a special place in our heart for a guy like Eric Dungy, you know, because he, as we've talked about before, our first football game, our freshman year, Dungy came in to replace Terrell Hunt, and he was the starter for our entire college career. So I love Eric Dungy, and he was very fun to, to cover. I actually think that's a pretty fair ranking. Like, you can, you can argue, you know, Ryan Nassib, they were pretty good when he was there. Marvin Graves, I know, is a little bit further down the list. And I think that argument is legitimate. But Dungy, you look at some of the numbers. I know they're sort of juiced by the Dino Babers offense, but he was outstanding. 
for a couple of his years at Syracuse. And to be the starter for, for four years, that's a huge accomplishment. So Eric Dungey being in the mid-40s, I'm totally okay with. You know, you can really make an argument for pretty much anyone on this list being higher than they actually are. Even Eton Thomas, he's one of the guys who stood out. And I was thinking, maybe this is a little aggressive for Eton Thomas being in the top 50 because I think of him more for what he's done after his basketball career. He is very outspoken. He's very articulate. He's, he does awesome stuff in the community. But I was thinking, was he really that good on the floor? And I look him up, he averaged three and a half blocks in three different seasons. The guy was a monster. Room protector in Syracuse history. The guy was awesome. Right. Um, so it's, it's great to kind of, like I said, look back at history and see just how good all these athletes really were. Here with Jaron May and Drew Carter, our special guest, uh, something that was a little bit surprising to me when I saw the list first, Drew, was Adrian Autry up at 47. Now, I mean, he wasn't bad in his time with Syracuse, but he's certainly more known as a coach than he was as a player. And up uh, above a guy like Etah Thomas, like you mentioned, what do you think about that? Well, I heard through the grapevine that Jim Beheim was number one on someone's list. So That was, uh, that was our associate editor, t- editor Tyler Rocking, obviously a graduate with you yeah so I guess <laughs> we're just include like coaching and playing is just rolled into one I guess here. so at I least guess, in Tyler but... Rocky's mind <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm glad you brought up Adrian Autry um I don't know a ton about him as a player I just know that his son Adrian Autry Jr. was pure electricity I mean he was the engine of the bench mob that guy was so much fun to watch every time he came in so Adrian Autry Jr., probably not going to crack this list unless, like, 50 years from now he's been coaching for 45 years and Tyler Rocky is still editing Orange <laughs> Because of his coaching career, he's number two behind Jim Beheim. So, I don't know. But, yeah, the Autry family is royalty in Syracuse. Sure. I guess so. Um, now a player who is near and dear to my heart. My, I, I got to say the player I support the most in Syracuse basketball history, C.J. Fair, comes in at 43 did you think that was a little too high for him a guy that made a final four appearance had had a big east tournament championship he, he's pretty accomplished he's got some highlights that slam dunk over Otto porter to just put georgetown where they should be in, in the trash can um how do you feel about him i think cj fair it's, it's unfortunate that the most memorable highlight of his career was a charge that yep. sucks charge that wasn't actually a charge by the way oh one thousand percent. But it gave us it gave us the greatest Bayheim jacket toss of all time. So there's that. You, you are correct in that. When I say charge, that, that's what it goes down on as and the box score was not an actual charge. But I see Fair and I see Hakeem Warwick a, a few spots apart. I think their careers were fairly similar, where they maybe don't get the respect they deserve because their careers from front to back were so extremely solid. But they were never like the face of their teams that they were. Mm. Is that is that never fair? the best player on the best team? Right. Yeah. 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 There was always so, another guy, Fab Mello or, or somebody else that was on that team who was for Hakeem. It was obviously Carmelo, who was yeah. better than him. Well, with with Fair, I think he he probably was the best player on a few of those teams, but he was never the most flashy, never the most yeah. spectacular. With Warwick, he makes the block in the championship game, but his two years after that, his junior and senior years were phenomenal. And so I think with both of those guys, there are certain plays that stand out and other players on their teams that stand out, maybe a little more, but they were outstanding players at Syracuse. Love watching. 
Drew Carter of CBS 42 down in Alabama and a Fizz alumni is joining us here on Orange Fizz Radio. Um, Drew, let's give the women some love right now. So Brittany Sykes comes in at 50, the women's basketball player who's now in the WNBA and in the bubble playing right now for the LA Sparks. Liz Hogan, the outstanding women's lacrosse goaltender um, who is a starter for all four years, a three-time Tawaratan Award watch list member, comes in at 48. Do you think those are too high or too low for them? Brittany Sykes, you know, it's really hard to, I know you guys have talked about this already, to compare across sports. So (laughs) someone like, um, someone like Kayla Trainer, I know Goody kind of pointed out, it's hard to have a better career than she did. So you could really argue that she could be in the top 10 if you're just going based on how good they were in their respective sports. Now, there's not as much publicity around those sports, so it's kind of hard to rank them. But here's what I know about Brittany Sykes. She tore her ACL twice when she was in college, and she came back and was still the most athletic player on the floor in every game she played in. She is such a cool story. I got a chance to hear her a couple times, and she's a phenomenal human being, too. She was actually in Atlanta for the first couple of years of her career. I was hoping I could go see a game because I'm in Birmingham now, which is only a couple hours away. They unfortunately traded her to L.A., but she, I mean, it's no surprise to anyone who followed her in college that she's been crushing it in the WNBA. I think that's very fair. Like, it's really hard to say any of these players should be lower than they actually are because they're all so good. You know, they all make the top 100 list for a reason. But I will say this, fellas. I will give you a little negativity here. Johnny Flynn? Johnny Flynn? I'm a Timberwolves fan. I would like to see Johnny Flynn and Wesley Johnson erased from this list. And if you make a top 100 worst players in the pros, they're one and two. Johnny Flynn and Wes Johnson were top 10 picks for the Minnesota Timberwolves a couple years apart, and they both totally flamed out. There's a young man by the name of Steph Curry who the Wolves could have drafted instead of Johnny Flynn. Yeah, and Ricky Rubio. Yeah, you know what? I love Ricky Rubio. But Johnny Flynn, Johnny Flynn's dead to me. I know he was great at Syracuse, but oh my God. And Wesley Johnson was even worse. So I'm glad he's not in our little segment here, 55 to 31. But I see Johnny Flynn and I see Red immediately. So I'm fired up about that. Doesn't seem like you, uh, you're holding a grudge or anything. Uh, let's move down the list at 39, Justin Pugh. I know it's a little difficult to rank offensive linemen because they don't have the stats. Um, they don't have, like, the highlight plays that some of these wideouts or running backs or quarterbacks have. Um, but at 39, Justin Pugh, one of the greatest offensive linemen in Syracuse history. Your opinions on that, Drew? Well, Jerron, and don't forget about Jim Ringo. We go back-to-back offensive linemen. Yep. Jim Ringo, way back in the day, played at Syracuse, I think, in the 50s. And he's an NFL Hall of Famer, one of the greatest offensive linemen in NFL history. So it's cool to see the offensive linemen getting a little love. You know, it's the same type of thing as, as ranking someone in women's lacrosse, where we probably didn't watch every play they ever made. With Mello, everyone knows everything he did. But with the offensive linemen, you know, you're not watching the left tackle on every snap. So it's nice to see that, that the Fizz, even though I'm not there anymore, is, is keeping things together and voting very, I would say, objectively and, and very fairly because Ringo and Pugh certainly belong in the top 40. Taking a step back a little bit more towards uh, the upper echelon uh, of the list, I just want to talk about Brandon Trish, a guy who was with Syracuse for four years. Um, he, he comes in at 51 uh, you know, you got to see him, didn't you? Or did he, did he leave right before you got there? He left right before I got there. 
So he seemed, he was like one of those guys who seemed like he played there for 10 years. You know, he was with every team, he was with every final four run, whatever. Um, how do you feel about him on this list? I love Brandon Trish. Brandon Trish was, he was like the rudder of some outstanding ships that Syracuse basketball put together. Trish was on some of the most stacked teams ever. And you can kind of say the same thing about Fair. I think Fair was a little bit after that heyday. But we're talking late 2000s, early 2010s. Trish is kind of the, the string that connects all of he those. He was that houses. glue guy. Yeah, totally, totally. And it's, it's good to see him playing for Bayheim's Army. The guy is – he's built like a brick house. I mean, he can't mm-hmm. be more than, what, like 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, yeah, he's not a tall guy. But, good God, he is so built. I would hate to try to defend him. Even though he's small in the low post, he probably just bullies guys. I love watching him play. All right. Well, that is Drew Carter of CBS 42 down in Alabama, also a former Fizz member and a Syracuse alumni. Drew, thanks so much for hopping on and talking about our SU Top 100 list. Yeah, thanks, guys. Good luck with the Top 30. I will be listening. All right. Drew Carter joins us here on Fizz Radio.